Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. How are you all? Welcome to the very last episode of 2021. I cannot believe we have made it to this point. It seems a little surreal, but we have made it through the year so far. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited about this group that we have. I'm excited about the giveaway that we have going around. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start right now. We're going to do some introductions and then I'll tell you all a little about the giveaway that we have going on. So uh, Her Royal Highness Ray Mayhem gracing us with her presence again. How are you, Ray? <laughs> I'm good. Yes. If you are having the prickly back of your brain feeling like, hey, I just saw this lady, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, I I was on last week and uh, Luna had some last minute stuff that she's like, I, I need someone. And it was hours after she posted this. And I was like, something's telling me like I need to message Luna. And I'm like, hey, if you need me, I know I was just there, but like I'm available. And she's like, oh my God, yes. And I was like, <laughs> it's scary that I can now feel the need of the show. So I think I've been here one time too too many. Like There's no such happened. thing. There's no such thing. <laughs> mm -mm. Yes, if you missed Ray last week, it's because she was here with the cast of the Telluride podcast. And if you're not Ooh. listening to Telluride, you are missing out. So there. You should so be. So there. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So there. And uh, yeah, no, it's a great, great podcast. Great cast uh, that's being uh, put out under the production of Lawful Grand Adventures. And um, Kai Ellen is involved, and T.T. Benjamin, and T-Rabbit, and, <laughs> and uh, Zad, Zadkill is, uh, is also involved in that, and uh, definitely worth a listen. They're only six episodes in, so you can still get caught up. It's really nice and, nice and easy to get into. Um, and it's, it's Cowboy Bebop meets, like, Firefly. Because the tagline is that it's a space western for sad cowboys. Oh no! It's so good. It. David, it's right up your alley. You would love I've it. I've never wanted anything more in my life than that tagline right there. <laughs> yeah. I, golly. <laughs> yeah. Be still my heart. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, let's see. Mel, hi. Tell us a little about you. Hello, hello. I am Mel, otherwise known as Jelly Millie Draws from Around the Space, and you can refer to me using she, her pronouns. I've been on Tales from the Tavern more than once before. This might be my third. 
so, yeah. Yeah, maybe one of these days I'll end up uh, as part of the, the Tales from the Tavern Hive mind as as Ray has. <laughs> I'm also I'm also in a in a game. Uh, I used to be on Lionhead Gaming, and I co-produced that show before we took a streaming hiatus. But we're still playing the games. So for those of you who were familiar in Song of Rapture, I'm learning what aberrations are for the first time. <laughs> oh. Fun That's an experience. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm an artist. I'm in the TTRPG space, and I like playing games and talking about nerdy stuff with these lovely people. It's true. And uh, yes, if you if you go and follow Mel's uh, Mel's stream, then um, you can you too can become a jelly bean. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh. So, God, I miss Jelly Belly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we heard one, right. then they got rid of it. Oh no. Um. Yeah, all right, Tom, tell us a little about you. Oh, hey, I'm Tom, aka, or I guess I should say, I'm Midwest Miniature Guy, aka Tom. Um, <laughs> Midwest Miniature Guy's alter ego. Um, I paint miniatures for gamers and collectors. I've been doing it for too long. And uh, <laughs> I stream on Twitch every uh, Wednesday and Sunday night. In fact, I'll be doing that after I'm done here. And then um, you can find me on pretty much every social media out there. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Discord. Uh, just Google Midwest Miniature Guy. I'm out there. Um, and if you need figures painted, uh, I'm, my commissions are open. And would love to, uh, to work with you. All right. And yeah, if you haven't seen his minis before, they are amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. We, we got a sneak peek at what he might be working on in January. So we're all like, yeah, we're going to tune in for that. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. And uh, a longtime listener, first time caller, Mr. Inktail is joining us for the first time. Hello. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> Tell us a little about uh, who you are and where people can find you around the interwebs. Uh, well, as Miss Lenny said, I am Mr. Inktail. Well, most. Most of my friends know me as Ink. I'm a, well, currently Twitch streamer. I, I'm on Twitch at Mr. Inktail. I'm on, at, sorry, I'm on Twitch at The Ink Den on Twitter at Mr. Inktail. And I, most of the time, I'm streaming Saturday, Sunday. Sundays are usually my D&D days, which, similar to Mr. Tom, I am going to be streaming sometime, a little after I get off here. <laughs> but, as you can tell, I am very shy, so hence the image. But I am glad to be here, and I... I'm happy and honored to be here with all of you. That's okay. Your image is lovely, and I love it to bits. So uh, that's totally okay with me. And uh, we're yeah, happy to have you. <laughs> yep. The image was done by my friend, which, you know, you can always check check it out on my uh, Twitter, like, who made it. I don't want to do any plugins on this. This is your stream, Miss Luna. Oh, no, so, it's totally cool. fine. We are all about the plugs here. So anytime. <laughs> Yeah, well, if I can actually get the... Let me look up the Twitter thing and I'll plug it into chat then. Sounds good. Um, and another very familiar face to the, uh, the the tavern here, David Tilstra. Hello. Hello. Tilstra! Uh, <laughs> hi. Uh, I, I was arrogant. 
enough. Earlier I was thinking, I was like, well, this is going to be, I'm, I'm in that group of people who've been out here the most, and then Ray showed up, and I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> not, not even close. Yay. <laughs> <It's> like, uh, <laughs> I mean, you're, uh, you're up there, though. We're up there. I, th I think there was a while that I was ahead of Chris and Shannon. I think now they both have surpassed me, which I just... Fine, not not a competition. It's just it's just fun fun to be here. It's totally uh, a competition. <laughs> oh well, if you say so. <laughs> My I don't have anything well, scheduled I... for the rest of the year. Yeah, that's weird. Neither do I. <laughs> well, we've we've missed the boat on this one, Dad. Uh, but yeah, my name is David Telstra. Honestly, though, but that is. We all need more of that in our lives, to be totally, totally honest. True, but when you have that and working on a module, it just gets busy. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Super duper. All right. Well, thank you all for, for coming on. Uh, so, yeah, we have a giveaway running tonight that I want to tell Ooh. you all about. Exclamation point enter to enter the giveaway. And hopefully you guys can see this because the virtual background thing likes to hide things. This is for a copy of Secrets of the Vibrant Isle, which was done by uh, Craig Campbell, a.k.a. Nerdburger Craig on Twitter, and Shireen Gilcrest. Uh, the artwork was by Gemma uh, Mortilla. I might be mispronouncing that. I'm sorry if I am. And um, it is a solo TTRPG. And uh, it looks super, super cool. It just uh, just came out. Um, it was a kickstarted game and uh, had a significant number of backers. And it looks adorable. So basically the summary is uh, you, uh, like I said, it's a solo tabletop. And you play an explorer on a magical fantasy island using two D10s. Uh, you are portraying a character who has sought out this isle on purpose. And uh, you've been shipwrecked on its shores and now seek to understand the mysteries of the Isle. So it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of really cool looking uh, things and creatures and the art in it is just super pretty. I don't know. Hopefully you guys can oh, see Oh, wow. That. Yeah. Um, the art in it's really pretty too. So um, I'm hoping that uh, if I can figure it out, I'm going to try to read it through this coming week, and I am going to be um, uh, I'm going to be hopefully streaming it probably in 2021, probably sometime in January. But uh, yeah, so 2022. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> oh no! You have to go oh, back in time to see it, yeah, bitches. Yeah, how this works. There's oh, a lot darn. of it somewhere. When you have not mentally moved on from 2020. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, it's actually March 345th. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it on February 31st. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Does that happen to anyone else, though? Like, I feel like literally like last week, I finally got comfortable. Or not comfortable, like uh, a habit of writing 2021. And now it's like, change it up again. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that happens to me all the time. It's so I silly. Hate yeah. That. Well, mm -hmm. when 2020 was like the year that time forgot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Happened. Um, so yeah, so exclamation point enter if you'd like to enter to win a copy of that. I will get that out in the mail to you this week, but obviously it will very, very unlikely make it to you before the holiday. So, uh, so that is 
that is there for you. Uh, if you are new to the stream and you've never been here before, the way that this works is you guys are responsible for asking all the questions on this panel show. So, um, basically drop your drop your questions for this crew in chat and we have a moderator who will make sure that we get them we also have the ask my question next for a thousand channel points if you've been hanging out for a while and you've got some stocked up you can uh use the ask my question next feature and that will bump your question up to the next one in the queue so if you know we get a lot of questions and then you think of one that you absolutely have to have answered right away uh that will make it the very next question that we discuss so um that's that's how that works. I'm pretty sure that's everything that I need to go over tonight. So uh, if you have questions, like I said, please feel free to just drop them right into chat. We are we are ready and waiting and operators are standing by to take your questions. And uh, since we um, <laughs> oh, I was going to say since we hadn't gotten any, but then we got one. So hello, Nick. Thank you, Scry Society, for your question. What's Nick. 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 Um, and uh, his question is, do you have a favorite homebrew rule that you've used at your table, whether as a player or a GM? So uh, gate, my huh? group does a lot of homebrew among like the basic fifth edition rules. So if this doesn't, if this isn't actually a homebrew, please correct me. But from my understanding is, Drinking a potion on your turn, we decide is a bonus action, and uh, if you were to give somebody else a potion, like, to make them drink it, that is an action. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I can agree like with that. that. Yeah. I don't think that's the real... I think the the rules as written are much more complicated than that, and that sounds very streamlined. Well, I'm glad that's nice. the way we do it, because I don't yeah. know if I can handle more complicated than that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, The only homebrew rule that comes to my mind right off the bat is the way we do crits over from afar is if you get a natural 20 uh, you get it's normal, you're, supposed, you're supposed to roll the damage dice twice you get one set just maxed automatically and then you roll on top of that and that always makes crits feel a little more exciting to me because you could get like double damage or uh, I, there's nothing nothing quite as embarrassing or saddening of like ah just crit and i'm gonna kill this guy yeah, two damage two yeah damage, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah not funny that's what we do yeah. i like that we do we do that too it's it mm -hmm. is i agree with what what he's saying it does make you feel like when you hit with your crit you feel something yeah you really do yeah me it's just i don't know i have two that i don't really know if one's homebrew it's one is just uh basically a Anything homebrew I bring to my campaign is just stuff that I make. I leave it open for my players. That way, because it's my first uh, actual campaign. But the one that I really like using is a multi-class rule, which is basically I tell my players, um, until you're level 5, you don't get to multi-class. Only so that way they're comfortable with what they have. They've meshed with it as a party, and so they know, okay, uh, we, ha we don't have many healers. Let me actually multi-class into something that could heal. Or something along those lines. That way, you know, the party doesn't immediately think, oh, I want to be whatever I want. No, they actually have to think about who they want to be, what they want to fill, and, you know, so they don't die. Smart. <laughs> Does anyone else here use uh, the cleave mechanic in their um, combat? I have never even heard of that rule. I'm sorry. 
I am familiar with it, but the last yeah. time I used it, I was playing it. Pathfinder. <laughs> cleave. Yeah. I use Cleave at my table because mm. what it does is instead of you trying, instead of you only focusing on one cobalt at a time, say there's three of them together, and mm. if you do enough damage, you kill one, and the extra damage goes to the guy next to it. That's yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, Suddenly, because be a fighter. Yes, and it it makes it it makes combat not so sloggy, um, because you can you know you're in your head. Nobody is imagining these like if you have a million little minions. Those aren't the smart guys. There's a bunch of them because they're stupid. So like probably <laughs> tactically not the best. So I would imagine they would all bunch up. So. At, at my table, I try to illustrate it that way. Anyway, <laughs> I thought a lot. I don't. Uh, there are so many different homebrew things that we've done in our game. Uh, it's hard to even bring up. Think of one right now. I know that uh, an old DM of ours, um, and this this might be something he came up with, or it could be in in the old rules, speci specifically for like second edition where we would have, if you rolled a, uh, a natural 20, he would have you re-roll to see if you confirmed on that. Basically, you would have to then <clears throat> confirm that you hit the armor class again. Then it would be max damage plus a roll for, for more damage. So there'd be, you know, in, if, you, if you rolled a, then if you rolled a second 20, it would explode, roll your 20 sided again, oh. see if you confirmed on that 20, and the damage would just keep racking up. Holy so, God. yeah, it, that's one thing that he would do. So kind of like, Sounds brutal. Yeah, kind of like exploding yeah. dice. If you don't if you don't confirm the net 20, uh, what's the damage output? Then it would, if you don't confirm, if you don't hit on the second one, um, then it would just be regular damage. That's cool. So, yeah. That's right. Something interesting that, that he came up with. And this is like, oh god, 20 years ago that he came up with that. So, yeah. mm. I just started my first 5e campaign in over two years, uh, like two weeks ago. So, I'll be curious to see if the DM comes up with any home, you know, homebrew rules that she wants to use. Uh, I've been playing Pathfinder first edition for the last couple of years, so so my 5e is a little rusty other than an occasional one-shot here and there, which actually is really kind of okay with me because I've been playing a lot of other systems, but I've been doing a lot of one-shots, so not a ton of homebrew rules doing it that way. Mm -hmm. I always like uh, just cinematic role-playing um, and then kind of the rule of cool you know, if if you can, if your character can roll, you know, they should be able to do it. If they've got the skill, they should be able to do it. And even if they don't, you know, if if it's not like a major success, if even if it's just a small success, you know, give them something. Like uh, the DM that I'm playing under right now, I was uh, my character had been knocked flat, and he says if you can roll and get any kind of success. You know, since you have an acrobatics, you have, have, you know, points in your acrobatics, you can do the whole, you know, backflip, jump up, and then, sh you know, fire your weapon again. 
and it ended up uh, ended up making a critical success to be able to jump up and actually take two shots. Mm -hmm. he, he allowed me to take two shots instead of just the one because of that, you know, critical success that I got of being able to, to backflip back up. So, really cool is always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I always love when DMs or GMs give players agency to do stuff like that because it just, it like, those moments will stick with you. Like, yes. it's not like, you can kill a dragon, you can get a critical success, but, like, a moment where you can, like, creatively work with the GM, DM, and, like, find, like, a solution to a problem that you didn't know was going to be there and then, like, have it be memorable and the whole table's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, you just did a backflip. It's like, yeah. those, that's like, yeah. the, and it's like, yeah, that might not be in the rule book. Like, you're, you're, uh, you have full plate armor on you. That's, like, 80 extra pounds you'd be flipping around with. But it doesn't yeah. really matter because that's really freaking cool. Caught yeah. myself on that one. It's really freaking cool. <laughs> um, I had but a, yeah, I, I love that. I had a DM that would allow us to do stuff like that in in um, our Pathfinder game a while ago. And mm. my, my character was... Then became known for doing crazy stuff like that. Um, she was a halfling rogue ranger fighter multi-class oh, wow. and um yeah which all like it was all because of stuff that had happened like in her story uh as we were playing the game which i loved that he was totally willing to let me work on that like for that reason but the i you know yeah we had those sessions where like oh you rolled the nat 20 at just the right time or oh my god you rolled a nat one at like the worst possible time but the stuff that i really remember are the times that he was like yeah sure okay you can uh jump off the rampart and try to land on the uh on the head of the ogre while stabbing your short sword down like totally you know go ahead give it a try see what happens and those are the things that i know i as a player always remember like Mm -hmm. was was that successful how successful doesn't really matter i got to do it so <laughs> then kind of on the the flip side of that something we're semi dealing with in uh in from afar podcast right now is uh christian spinella he, he plays kippa he's been trying to get this one stupid move off for like 15 sessions like he i gave him an immovable rod he's like he's like what if i like slid it down into someone's armor and then just like pressed it would they just be like locked into place and i'm like yeah and he's like i was like i'm gonna try that i'm like well, that's gonna be really hard as he's missed it like four times but like <laughs> and i keep being like i'm like christian when you land this it is gonna be the hottest shit ever. <laughs> like and it's like it's like kind of on the flip side of that is like it's it's really fun to come up with those moments and like solve those problems at the table but like failing those wild backflip epic moments can also, I feel like, can lead to something greater, too. Mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting uh, concept. I have a weird relationship with Rule of Cool because I never saw it as, yeah, you do all of this, rules be damned. Because mm -hmm. all of the really Rules of Cool kind of stuff I see happen at my table still have some sort of mechanic that you can use and reference or some sort mm -hmm. of some sort of way that you can justify doing it in game it's not just like throwing it to the wind suddenly you you have wings burst out of your back and you're flying nobody's cast fly on you you don't have a fly like it's none of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff it's still working within like what you've got so i guess i just is rule of cool at other tables like oh yeah we did this and there's no like rule support that anybody can figure out 
for this, so we just made it up. Is that is that usually why people have this debate over rule of cool? I think. Oh that's no, part mine, of it, mine was. But... Yeah, mine was definitely within the parameters of. You've got the skill. Mm-hmm. This is this is what you'll need to even have a success, and if you get a critical set success, this is what's going to happen. Mm. You know, kind of a thing. So it wasn't definitely like you know the wing sprite sprout out or whatever because my character doesn't have wings, so why would that happen? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely within the parameters of um, of the rules, but also you've got the skills to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like creativity thrives within constraints. So, like, if you didn't have the rules to, like, like, okay, a monk can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you're not gonna have a gun. Sorry, it's just not gonna. <laughs> like, but like, if you can find, okay, cool. I have flurry of blows. I have this climbing speed. I'm immune to disease. What can I do with these three tools in my arsenal? That's always kind of the way I've looked at it. Is like, just what, given the tools you have, what's a really cool way or a creative way you can surpass this obstacle? That's yeah, because I think I'm kind of the same way. It's like, it's not necessarily, cool, oh, a tank. We just made a tank, and here it is. It's going to save the day. That's super cool, right? No, not cool. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. I, look, I, I, think, I think that's probably like when I see the threads about rule of cool situations. To me, it's not what they're describing. To me, it is like a creative way of doing things within the limits, just as, as you said. Mm-hmm. Something I want to actually implement is the idea of like kind of skill points with levels. Like every time you get a level, you can spend your one skill point on something like a language. So you spend three levels learning the language. You now master the language. You're proficient in it. Something like that. So you know it allows the players to say, "Dang, we have no one who can actually speak under common. Wait, we have someone who can learn under common either through the feat of what was it? Um, I can't remember the feat's name. Like the linguist or, or something. Linguists." Yeah, linguist or with a the monk, they have uh, the, that level feat that allows yeah. them to understand any language. Mm-hmm. But, you know, allowing them to actually, anyone to learn anything, such as, okay, you're an artificer. Okay, you can spend three levels learning how to make a firearm. Doesn't make you proficient, but you can make it and maybe make a bomb. Mm-hmm. And then you spend another three levels learning how to use a firearm to become proficient in it. That's cool. Like, like, like a yeah. progression tree thing. Yeah, and they only get one, so it's not like, oh, they learn it in two levels or more. They actually have to spend time learning something. Mm. That sounds like that would be a cool thing to put into, like, a a, like a downtime situation. Because I know a lot of mm-hmm. downtime uh, downtime sessions I've run have been like, I want to learn uh, yeah, Undercommon. It's like, okay. All right, you did yeah. it. Like, But if you have like, some sort of... Uh, progression or like you have to do it three times or roll a certain number that that i'm i'm gonna think about that that's that's very cool thank you yeah or you know like i was gonna say like have them carry a book during their adventures that teaches them something yeah what you're gonna say i think pathfinder second edition has something like that for downtime i believe uh i know there is a ttrpg something that does have downtime uh level building mechanics Hmm. and I also know that when we played Odyssey of the Dragon Lord on uh, the virtual tabletop we used was Foundry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lion was able to, to get a module to make like a, a downtime like skill bar. So anytime we wanted to do something for downtime, we would roll a die, and it could help fill the bar. I know in the Lawful Great Adventures podcast, um, Ben 
has like downtime activities. I think I think he calls them like camp activities or something like that in the podcast for the cast. So it's not necessarily something that you hear in every episode like, oh, we pitch a 10. Okay, who's doing what for your camp activities? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not this huge, big descriptive thing, but it sort of encourages them to take up a hobby or, you know, work on uh, enhancing their armor or whatever it is that they may want to do. But it also makes resources in the world have value because they need to have resources from the world in order to accomplish whatever it is that they want to do. And I don't know if that's an actual mechanic or not that he was using or if it was just something he came up with on his own. But either way, I really like it. Um, because I I am a person who, you know, I, I if you're going to have, you know... Uh, whatever a field of some you know herb that's really valuable in the world well what makes it valuable you know like give me the reason why it's valuable don't just tell me that it's valuable and have me be like okay i'm gonna go through and pick all of it you know unless <laughs> there's a reason that i need it all and mm -hmm. it's not just to turn around and sell so i can have lots of money <laughs> but that's just me i like that i think, I think yeah sorry I know that one thing that I implemented, and again, this is going back a few years ago because I was running second ed at the time, was that if a character wanted to learn a new skill, they would have to go find somebody to teach them that. Uh, so it wasn't just, oh, they learn it, you know, or they, oh, they've been working on this, you know, or something like that. They would actually, you know, oh, I want to learn how to be an archer, or I want to learn how to use a longsword if somebody didn't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, well... Now you've got to go find a teacher. Well, where do I find a teacher? I don't know. You're going to have to start looking around. You know? Um, oh, well, you guys are going to be ending up in this town or this city. Maybe there's a, a, a sword master there or somebody that just teaches fencing or what kind of, you know, uh, sword work are you looking to learn? Um, or is it, you know... Oh, I want to learn how to, you know, I want to learn how, like you were saying, how to speak this language. Well, now you got to go find somebody that knows how to speak and write that language to teach you. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, you're not just going to be able to show up at this town, learn it that day, and then go off adventuring again. How long are you going to spend in this town? Well, how long is it going to take me to learn that language? Well, it's going to take you a month to learn how to say these phrases, you know, or whatever, get semi-proficient in, you know, speaking it. Well, now you got to learn how to write it if you want to learn how to write it. So it's, that's kind of the, the thing that I use for just, gen, just again, character building role play for people's characters. Mm -hmm. True, and you can also implement the idea of like, yeah, you found someone, but will they teach you? Right. Sure. right. You have to persuade them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they are a teacher, but it costs you something to take the class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you a know. wizard has to learn a spell with... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's actually pretty good. I'd actually like to see a campaign where it's just, you're, it's just technically a school and you're learning things. And you actually have like... to spend time learning these things. 
Isn't that just strict strict haven now? (laughs) Yes, that is that is it. Go to magic school. That's where that adventure is. Or fantasy high. (laughs) Right. At the end of this adventure, you'll have a character sheet. (laughs) Good job, everyone. We did it. Yeah, and then you can really begin the adventure. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome, welcome, everybody. You are now you are zero level adventurers. Yes. Here's your school. Oh, that once actually would be you, a, you graduated, awesome you become level one. <laughs> or at least and level three, because, okay. I mean... You're ready to take well, on yeah. Ravenloft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh. Uh. Oh, my gosh, that's funny. Um, okay, so Vertrox Nightblood came in with an Ask My Question next. So, Vertrox would like to know... What is the best plot twist you have pulled on your party or as a GM you've pulled on your players? Ernestus War Falcon is my personal favorite of David's. Oh, I, I'm i new at being a DM, mm-hmm. but I had one that just freaking shocked one of my players. He was playing an undead Loxodon, and they were in the Ooh. middle of taking a test to join this prestigious guild. And he went down. But something I implemented is the fact that he was a barbarian, and he had two slots of rage left. I implemented something called his undead rage, which throws him into a berserker type of mode, um, type of mode, but it costs him two rage, and he has no control over who he hits. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And all the while, he gets to experience a bunch of people asking why he killed them, and he (laughs) has no idea why, because that's his backstory. And just the amount of like, because he literally goes, "Please tell me you made this into a subclass." No, this is just for you. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. That that sounds really cool. I would play that cl- that subclass like like a death barbarian or something, whatever that is. That's cool. I swear there is I... some kind of subclass. The closest thing to it is like the un was it the uh, undying for the warlock, the patron. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it a plot yeah. twist, but. It- everybody at the table rethink their uh, everything they knew about my character. Uh, I play this adorable half-elf dream druid named Persephone. She is an adult, actual adult, but she's got the high squeaky voice, she's the shortest member of the party, and she's got that youthful disposition, so child. (laughs) Adult child. (laughs) And right before her personal arc, uh, she was telling her party about this issue that she had had with an ex-boyfriend and they were like wait you had an ex-boyfriend and through that discussion they realized that sweet precious persephone is an adult woman (laughs) that's a plot twist for sure it's like whoa yeah it's like um yeah uh, hang on, I gotta take care of something. I do apologize. Yeah, that's okay. You're good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw Vertrox ask this in the, in the chat, and as soon as he, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I'm gonna talk about Ernesto War Falcon. And then he finished that question with that. I was like, dang. <laughs> I need uh, to know more about this. Um, Please and well, thank you. So, uh, there, there was a, there's a captain of the ship on my show. His name is Captain Edward Falcon. We we always just call him Captain Falcon. I know I know I'm dancing dancing dangerously close on that IP <laughs> 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 right there. But uh, so 
Captain Falcon died in the spoilers. Sorry, Captain Falcon dies in the show, and then we we did a a charity stream with um, Good Better Quest a couple months ago, and the the charity stream was we brought people from their show, people from our show, kind of warped them into this new world, and they had to solve this this problem. And what it was is so the DM for Good Better Quest would DM one half of it, and then I would play in his section, and then I would DM the second half of it, and he would play in my section. So we had to come up with NPCs that we would play. And through, <laughs> uh, through the whole thing was breakfast-themed. So like we were they, were they were trying to save <laughs> Duke of Duke Denny and Emperor IHOP and all these <laughs> breakfast uh, places. And so when we, when we wake up in my side of the... Or when I'm the player in his side of the game, uh, I wake up and I start doing the Captain Falcon character... And all the people were like, whoa, Captain Falcon, he's back. Oh, my gosh. And then as it kept going on and kept going on, uh, he ended up being the bad guy. And he was like, I'm not Captain Edward Falcon. I'm Ernesto War Falcon. And he, like, <laughs> writes his name in the sky. And or, uh, Cranston, no, yeah, sorry. Ernesto War Falcon became Cranston Waffle House. And Waffle <laughs> House was the, the big, the big bad. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> that, was a, that was a fun one. Um but uh, I think my personal favorite, probably that we that we've done was aside from that, that was, that was very fun. But in in uh, Quest for Atlantis, we I had a character who is a paladin trying to follow this god, trying to follow Torm, and Torm kept giving him all this advice and was like, "Oh, do this, do this, do this," and it kept being like not super great advice, but like he would kept he kept doing it. And it finally got to a point, like a breaking point, where he was like, "Oh man, like." I feel like, like, what's going on here? Like, what do you want me to actually do? And then, like, Thorm, like, revealed himself to be an evil god. And, like, the whole thing was this, like, the paladin was following this evil god the whole time. And it was, that was a fun one, too. Um, but other than that, I just, straightforward, no plot twists. No plot twists whatsoever. I think the, uh, the one that I enjoyed doing the most was... I was running a, a game that ended up turning into a 12-year campaign, but I was running a game specifically for a couple of friends of mine that had not... One had never played before, and one had played very little. And so, um, one was a, um, a cleric, another guy was a wizard. And so I was keeping everything fairly low-key, and so that they weren't getting killed off every other session. And so I had them tracking down a um, a brigand and they finally track him down supposedly and he is completely he, had them him be completely aware of what they were doing brought them into his uh, his lair and he revealed himself to be the prince of the north who has been trying to lead a rebellion against his uncle <laughs> and <laughs> He was. They were like, uh, we've been sent to track you down and bring you in by the church. And he's like, you can do that, or you can join me in doing this. And they were like, and, and oh yeah, and the, the cleric was like, uh, uh, I'm like, what, what, what would your, what would your guy do? Mm -hmm. And uh, they actually um, ended up joining him in, in this whole rebellion and heading off to uh, foment. Chaos and anarchy. <laughs> As every good party 
does. I don't know if they right. should do or not, but they do. <laughs> they do, yeah. I'm trying to remember. It was for a charity stream, but I played a game where you the DM would roll. Maybe it was Sexy Battle Wizards. I don't remember. The DM would roll like your secret and would like tell you secretly what it was. And one of the things you could roll is that you were trying, like, working for the enemy and trying to undermine the party. Was that with you, David? Yeah, it was, that was Dev's game, right? For your birthday? Was that for my birthday? Yes, yeah, it was for so, my yeah. birthday. And it was Monster of the Week. Yep. Is, yes. That's right. I couldn't remember what it was, but I was like, that was so smart. And that was like a major plot twist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Surprise! With a twist. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I thought of one more. Go for it. Um, I was playing in a, a one shot with uh, Duval. It was, it was with you, Luna. It was the one, the one we did uh, uh, One Shots in Paradise. Yes. Um, uh, with Duval and a bunch of other really awesome folk, and we were going through this really. Stefan was setting up this really creepy vibe, this like whole really intense dungeon thing, and we get to like the treasure room, and he starts oh describing God, the treasure. So good. I was, we, everyone at the table was like, "Whoa!" Like he's describing the treasure, and he's like, "Describe." He's like, "And there's a broomstick with the golden letters on the handle, written, reads Nimbus 2000." And then there's a a laser sword, and he describes like everything from pop culture and we were all just like can we have all all of this we want, <laughs> i want a lightsaber and the infinity gauntlet and everything <laughs> it was so good and you so could cool. like you as we all kind of realized what was happened you could literally <laughs> like see it come over our face we were all just like <gasps> <laughs> it was so good it's finally oh. i am the one yeah literally yeah. The one, the one ring was ring probably... <laughs> yeah, it said, like, like, one ring to rule them all. I don't even think any of us bothered <laughs> to look for that. Ring. <laughs> I mean, did you really need to? You know what the history is. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was dangerous. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that oh, was a good one. Want. Oh, God, Sauron as your patron as a warlock. That would be very spooky. That would make you Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fair. I mean, oh, is, that a, well is that a bad thing that you're playing for that? <laughs> oh, I just goodness. watched that the other night. I love Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh. Literally. I know. That's the movie. Didn't it just Sorry, celebrate like its 20th anniversary? Yeah, because it was yeah, 2000. Years. God, mm. I feel old. One I of my favorite stories that you hear from like behind the scenes mm. was how upset the male riders of Rohan were that the best riders were female. Mm. And like they would get real butthurt at the end of the day when they would like <laughs> take off all their makeups and prosthetics and mm. stuff. And it was women that were out riding these dudes because like like there was I think six or seven guys that ended up like pushing a testicle up inside their body because they weren't riding very well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. and it was it was a whole thing. You should you should look it up sometime. It's it's pretty fabulous to read about. It's amazing. <laughs> I know what my bedtime reading is going to be today. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's so good. Very entertaining. That's strange. I I'm holding in my hand like the freaking full book of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like put into one book. Like I forgot how thick this is. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Like, I own one like, like that too. This. Like that's yeah. nutty. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a 
It's a good sized uh, book. Those uh, the the Fellowship of the Ring was the movie that made me want to become a filmmaker. Actually, I no love that movie with a undying passion. Un undying passion, or maybe a maybe a, a dying locks it on Battle Rager. Passion. <laughs> passion. <laughs> oh yeah, just like. Uh... And he's still at his relationship issues now. This is just being great. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. I've had a couple of big. They weren't well. They did end up being kind of major to the to the storyline. Um, so in one of the Pathfinder games that I was playing back in 2019, um, my character had romanced an NPC and uh, the town that they were in they knew that an attack was being planned they didn't know exactly when it was going to come so they were trying to not just my character and the NPC but like the whole party and you know the town officials and everything were trying to come up with a plan of like how do we evacuate the town if and when this actually comes to happen and so they come up with this whole plan and the NPC that my character was in a relationship with happened to be a ship captain and had his ship in port. And, um, so he was like, yeah, he said, I can just put, you know, like half the town on my boat and we'll just get out of here. And so we were like, okay, that sounds great. That seems like a totally reasonable thing to do. And so, the attack happens, and this was when I mentioned jumping off a rampart onto an ogre's head. That happened during <laughs> that battle. And so my character is off at the, the city gate with the party taking on an ogre who's trying to bash down the door, jumping, and she's like jumping off the ramparts onto its head and whatever. And um, as they're up there fighting it, she knows that he is trying to like just get everybody onto his boat and get them away from the docks and she happens to look over and boom the ship explodes and it was like with all the people with all the people oh, no. and her and her uh significant other and like it was just i mean that was literally what caused her to just be like, fuck it, and jump off the rampart onto the ogre, because at that point she didn't even care. And um, yeah, it was it was brutal. And so it sent the whole party on this side quest, because she after the, the battle was over went out to do search and recovery in the water, and um, she goes out, and like, they couldn't find him anywhere. They found like, a bunch of other people, both, you know, alive and not and uh but they never found him they didn't find his body or anything and so it sent the whole party off on this whole like you know mission to see if they could figure out what happened to him and this was totally a side quest not even related to the main story at all um but long story short he ends up having been kidnapped by the enemy that we were supposed to be going after. So it basically led us to the next point. And, um, he, so we get there, we find him and 
like his just behavior is all off and my character's just like, eh, something isn't sitting right about this with him. And now the rest of the party's like, yeah, no, it's great. He's back. He's fine. Like, it's all good. And I'm like, mm, no, I know him better than this. Like, something is not right. So we get him back to town. Well, then we find out that not only uh, had he had his ship been exploded, uh, now he was also possessed. <laughs> so I was like, God damn it. I'm like, can you just stop with my character's emotions? I can't handle this at bedtime. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, those were two really big but, like, really awesome twists that were thrown in for my character because it was a lot of this stuff that was happening and the people that she sought help from that caused her to do a lot of this multi-classing that she ended up doing so it was it actually worked out really well for her in that regard so i mean kudos to that to that whole thing but mm -hmm. yeah it was uh it was uh That's it was interesting that sounds heartbreaking. It was. Oh, my gosh. I actually yeah. started tearing up when his ship exploded. Oh. I was like, oh, my God. And, of course, that was a streamed game. So I'm like, don't cry on stream. Don't cry on stream. Don't cry on stream. What? Yeah, she does it all the time. Oh, come on. Well, yeah, I do it now if I, you know, if the spirit so moves. But, uh, yeah, so at I'm... the time, it was my first ever streamed game. And it was still really early on in my streaming career. And yeah. I was like, I can't stream. I can't, I can't cry on stream. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I want to make my players actually get to that point personally. Because yeah. that means I actually did it right. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got them invested into the NPCs' lives. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. been uh, several times when we're recording Quest for Atlantis that, like, if I know emotional an emotional part's coming up, I just, like, just, like cover my cameras. I can't look at the other oh. people. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I gotta stay, stay in it, stay in it right now. It gets, it gets heavy. Um... If if no one else has one more, I have I have one more. Sorry, this go is for it. One. Uh, another one shot we did uh, with with Vertrox. Uh, we were playing in a, a off air game for uh, Nekolo the Druid's birthday, and it was just gonna it was just it was just chill. It was just a chill time. We we're, we're we're adventurers at a town. Some spooky stuff was happening. This big spaceship shows up, and we're like, whoa, what's this? We gotta go investigate. And he, he was doing such a great job of just, like, keeping it, like, really just, like, tense. And then we get onto this spaceship, and we go in, and he starts, like, he, like, presses some keys on his keyboard, and then the, the Benjamin's Bowling theme song starts playing from the the Benjamin Bowling one shot. And I was just like, or the, the charity event, I was like, this is the best day of my entire life. That was my <laughs> ringtone for the longest time, was the it's, Benjamin's music. It is such a good song, but that was that was so much fun. Like, that little... We're back in Bangamans, baby. Yeah. <laughs> was, oh, was man. I've, I've talked a lot. Bangamans was so much fun, though. It really was. <sighs> All right. Let's see. Um, so the next question that we have, uh, this is a, a very important question that we all need to know the answer to from Great Wolf. Hamburgers or hot dogs when gaming? Both. Sadly, fuck? neither. Just because I don't want to grease up my dice. <laughs> That's fair. Greasy dice. It's never stop yeah, rolling. Just, <laughs> yeah, of, of course. You know, like if, if we're true, if we have paper towels, personally, I prefer pizza. Just because like pizza is always the party food. But between those two, probably cheeseburger. There you go. Because like, I like. 
Uh, I've been known to fork down a Whopper or two. <laughs> like right before, it's like, all right, eat, <clears throat> eat quick. Yeah, you guys do whatever. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'd like a Bacon King or a Stagger King. I don't know why. Just I can't have a Whopper or a Big Mac. It's just yeah, whatever floats your boat. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I'd give a, a four by four animal cell from In-N-Out if I could. Ooh, that's that's the that's the real king right there. <laughs> yes, with animal cell fries. I would probably do a hot dog because I feel like it's like quicker and like less less messy, which is weird because there's only like all the condiments are exposed. <laughs> how's that? Yeah. How's that cleaner? But I feel like a hot dog. There you go. Well, I, yeah, I don't feel like a hot dog. I probably would eat a hot dog before. Anyway, keep 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 going. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> yeah, the one the one time I wish I was you on tea. I... I could just eat it like a snake whole. Yeah. Right? Just, yeah, unhinge your jaw and pop it in your mouth. Yeah, um. just like one after the other, like, aha. <laughs> Harder hot dog. Eat that. <laughs> I think you're on to something, though, David, with the, uh, with the whole um, hot dog being less messy than a hamburger, because I feel like hamburgers are greasier. <laughs> can get, we can get, get, those, get those digits all, all greasy. Uh, push themselves out on the other side of the bun as you consume it for yeah, some reason. But a hot dog, <laughs> not only is it like contained, but everything just falls clean off as you bite into it. Yeah. You get the, the grossest conversation. This is yeah. the grossest conversation I've ever had on this stream. <laughs> this is... Wait, what? This? This? Uh, this? This is the grossest for sure because I don't like I don't like either of those things, and mm. like hearing people talk about them in very specific detail, <laughs> it's like it's it's as bad as having the big light on. Like it's just uh, no good. Okay, okay. Don't worry. I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's like I mean, with the hamburgers, soup or a chowder. What was that? Is salad dressing a soup or a chowder? <laughs> That depends. It's is stressing. it something like ranch or Italian? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. You know what? Let's get chaotic. I'm going to go with ranch for this discussion. <laughs> Specifically for Ray uh, to alleviate the, the burger hot dog conversation. So Thank you. I appreciate that. Almost we'll steaming hot ranch dressing. <laughs> Oh, no. Just, just uh, ruins it, heating it up. Ray, I would just like to point out what Vertrox said in chat. Note to self, <laughs> make Ray fight a sentient hot dog in a one-shot. No, absolutely not. Yeah. If I get, if I get like, the, the smell memory of, like, hot dog, bleh, like, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad we've Garbage. covered this important topic. That <laughs> The Sheboygan Bratwurst. Here we go. There's <laughs> <laughs> a, uh, I sorry. La last thing on hot dog. Go for it. I'm a I'm a vegetarian. Uh, I, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't eat a whole lot of meat. What well, any meat really? Um, but they there is this vegetarian style hot dog thing that Nick has reminded me of in chat. <laughs> called a big frank and boy oh, and boy, oh boy those things are delicious <laughs> terrible 
They're, they're, they come in cans. It's like <laughs> cans, and they're in like this, like kind of juice. <laughs> no, they're all. They're, no, they're all. Sausage, it's like big yeah, can of sausage. It's terrible. No. Okay. No, terrible. <laughs> Actually, I give it up. <laughs> so Jim, the Jim had a question. I used to have a crush on you, David Tilstra. Thanks for oh. fixing that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't choose hot dog or hamburgers. I choose burritos. There you go. The correct oh, answer. That's the correct, the correct answer. answer. I'm in chat for my, uh, for my quesaritos. <laughs> who are no longer on the Taco Bell menu. F's in chat for, for those of you who follow Taylor from Backwater Bastards on Twitter uh, that saw her Taco Bell whole big fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. And if you didn't uh, see it, you need to go back and find it. Um, okay, so Bell. the Dimpire, Jim, would, Jim had a question for everybody. What class okay. would you build a character for if your only prompt was obsessed with their hair? Artificer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why? Answer. Because you're going to want to find many different ways to style and take care of your hair, especially if you are on the go, and Artificer is the inventing class. <laughs> there you go. All right. It, hmm. Bard, bard or druid? Just because bard for charm, druid for naturally made, a shampoos and conditioners to make my hair look fabulous. <laughs> and it's all. I was thinking. Room. I was thinking of the prince charming from Shrek. Just the, the yeah. hair toss. You know, it's the <laughs> like the the fighter class that's obsessed with his looks. You know. Mm. No, that's the noble background, actually. <laughs> the noble background, that's oh, true. Fair enough. Yeah, but, yeah either that or uh, yeah, bard. Maybe a paladin. Uh, you know, that's uh, obsessed with being keeping his uh, his clothes clean all the time. So he's constantly asking the uh, the warlock or the wizard to cast uh, uh, prestidigitation on them. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that that's his god, the god god of hair. God of hair, yeah. <laughs> L'Oreal, the god of hair. Goddess of hair. Oh my god. That's amazing. It's like that Maybe meme L'Oreal. that I saw circulating around at one point where it was Thor with like super long hair and it was like oh, L'Oreal. Yeah. <laughs> L'Oreal. Uh, I just think of it. Thor. <clears throat> yeah, I think of Thor and I think of the freaking uh, Ragnarok. Uh, please, sir, not my hair. Yeah. When he gets his haircut, like, oh! Yep. Stan Lee is coming yeah. in with that, like, twisty... Like, yeah. Please, <laughs> please. Like, <laughs> uh, I feel like, just because maybe I think this sort of BBEG trope is really fun, but I feel like a necromancer would be very obsessed with, like, looking really, like, creepily good, you know? Just like, mm. I look better than these things I'm bringing back from the dead. Well, now that you mention it, uh, for anyone familiar with Dragon Age Inquisition, Dorian, like, Dorian is a necromancer, you know, mm. is a mage. But if if you follow their skill tree, it's it he's an he's a necromancer, and mm. uh, but is definitely like you know like the waxes his mustache and yeah, and locks yeah. I mean, his hair's short, but oh. it is definitely well kept. <laughs> no, the BBEG is just a Saturday morning cartoon from Hanna Barbera with the freaking curly mustache twist that he twists. <laughs> Snidely whiplash. 
It's yeah. Dean backslide. I oh uh, was it Dirk Dastardly? I think. Ooh. Dirk Dastardly, Snidely Whiplash. I think they're kind of like the same, mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. character, same type of art, but just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Says, Haha, I'll get that Penelope pit stop this time. <laughs> Those munchkins will not stop me. That was really good. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Perfect, man. <laughs> Sorry. Good. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to throw I agree. In? No, I just saw what Lord Richter said, and I agree, but I'm here for that trope. <laughs> that the big bad evil guy looks really yes. good. Like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay Strahd with that. In, like, strawed in tight pants. Ooh. Like, that's... Yeah. Strawd in yeah. tight pants. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, I mean, like I've never pictured the... him in anything but, so... Yeah. Well, that was like, I played a game where we played Strahd, mm. and one of the girls was really insistent to know, like, what his pants looked like, <laughs> and the DM would make her roll for and one time she wrote a one oh, and no. he's like he's like well you got here a lot sooner than he prepared like he was prepared for you to be here so he has like pajama pants on <laughs> and she's like oh with That's duckies great. on him oh my god, oh, oh my god. it's so just tried looking like lord of the oh was it lord of the dance yeah. yes that? the freaking tight pants long flowing fabio like hair mm. hair his legs look like they're independent from each other <laughs> very mightly, michael flatley asking <laughs> yes it's just like oh it's like oh if i was by <laughs> you could grate cheese on those abs and the all right. Well, we right. are about at a point where we're going to stop and take a break. Uh, we've already made it through the first hour. Um, so if you have any questions for us and you've already left them in chat, I have them and we will uh, start with those when we come back. And uh, if you think of anything during the break that you would like to ask this fantastic crew, then please feel free to drop that in the chat and we will get to it as soon as we come back also. Don't forget about our giveaway that's going on, exclamation point enter. If you would like to enter to win a copy of Secrets of the Vibrant Isle, a solo TTRPG adventure. And um, yeah, it just came out and I'm really excited about it. You will get a soft copy, soft cover copy of the book um so i will uh need you to be present to win so i can get your mailing address so i can get that out this week all right that's it we're gonna go take a break now hashtag free the pee and all that good stuff and we will see you in just a few minutes Okay, we are back. That was a very entertaining uh, way to end our break, and I am not going to repeat that story live on stream. No. So, very well. <laughs> so if you want to know what it is, too bad. Um, I'm mouthing it to you through my screen. You can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, try and write. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, we're back. We're back from our break. I hope you all had a good break. I saw a couple of entries come in for the giveaway. Make sure that you, uh, you, uh, you, you do that. If that's something you're interested in, a copy of Secrets of the Vibrant Isle, a solo TTRPG. And, um, that is exclamation point Twitter. Nope. That's exclamation point enter. If you would like to, <laughs> if you would like to enter exclamation point Twitter might pull up my Twitter handle. I don't really know. Um, 
Okay, let's get back into the questions that we have. So the next question that we have came in from Scry Society. And Mm -hmm. Nick would like to know, what are the most... Well, and then he clarifies. So what is the one thing, the one most important thing to be successful as a GM? Mm. Have have fun. Yeah. Just have have fun fun with it. You know. My my second... uh... As someone who's never DM, but I've I've watched and I've heard issues, your players don't know what's in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prep. Don't. Yeah. Oh, kind of don't. I was just, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you first. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, you know, I don't plan a whole lot. I have an idea of a storyline, and I've got some like loose base notes uh, for the most part. Like, when I first started DMing, I would write out every single encounter. You know, I would I would have a, a planner just filled with stuff of, this is what they're going to do and this is what they're going to fight and this is gonna who they're going to talk to. And <clears throat> after, like, a couple of those where they're like, no, I don't think we're going to go to that town. Let's go south. And you're like, oh, I have nothing south. <laughs> and you just kind of go, well, those plans are gone. All right, you guys go south. You know, it's it's like a, a general that says, you know, your best laid plans, you know, work great until they meet, meet the enemy. You know, your players aren't your enemy. They're storytelling with you. But, man, yeah, like, I threw a, a DM for a loop that had been planning a, a game for, like, six months. And within like the first five minutes, I killed the the guy that we were supposed to meet to get the quest to go and do the thing. And because I found out that he had a bounty on his head, and I was a bounty hunter. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> now he's like, yeah. oh, okay, well you know we're doing this. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's always you know for me it's have a have a loose base idea of where you want the story to go, but let your characters tell that story mm-hmm. tell their story for the most part and then just kind of sit back and watch them do it and then you're the one that's reacting to what they're doing compared to you know them reacting to what you're doing there there's a little bit of back and forth there but you know again that comes down to have fun and and just kind of roll with what your characters want to do yeah if i had one that's different than that. It's communication because it works for both the DM, GM, and the players. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, as a DM, I would love for my players to follow a certain path, which is slightly railroading, but, you know, if I have nothing in one direction and they go that direction, I'm a little flat, you know, flabbergasted. But, you know, despite the fact of being, you know, a player, I don't want to be told what to do. So you have to be able to communicate saying, like, hey, this is what I have you guys doing. This is the kind of game I want to be playing. Is that okay with you? Kind of setting up the rules and stuff. Absolutely. That way, the players have enough have enough flexibility to do what they want, technically, but they're not trying to create chaos because they know, like, okay, uh, we have a mission that tells us to go to this town in this location. Let's not try and divert and just go the opposite way to see what's back that way. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we'll find something along the way, or mm-hmm. we get lost and like crud. We were supposed to go east, but we ended up going northeast, so we missed the town. And we end up in another town, which, you know, there's flexibility there and there's consequences, but they're able to do what they want to do. And the GM can still be able to keep up because 
you can plan everything in the world, but as you point out, you can't plan everything. So, mm-hmm. and you only as courtesy, take it one session at a time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because like, what you said about oh, our quest is this way, and we go in the opposite direction. We had that happen early on in Song of Rapture. Uh, and we didn't do it to spite the DM. We did it because we thought we were outsmarting and getting ahead of the quest line, like mm-hmm. a good adventuring party. Uh, <laughs> so we were supposed to go to the town south to pursue a bunch of these goblins that had recently infiltrated our local uh, small farming town. And the warlock had an in with a couple of goblins, so we ended up acquiring a map for the goblins that we were chasing of locations that had these mithril artifacts that they were all looking for. And we noticed there was one to the west. So instead of going to the town down south to get the uh, this mithril chalice that was important to the town we were from, we were like, there's a mithril sword to the west. Let's go there. Let's let's acquire it so we take one thing off their list. So whatever that quest we were just on, we had to go in the other direction. <laughs> and, the, and the GM was like, well, but the one session at a time, that's where it's valuable because he prepped for us to travel and to like finish up the session to get a rest and presumably go continue south when we got the map. But since we said, oh, let's go west, after the session, the DM confirmed, okay, you guys had like a back and forth as a party, so I need to know, so I can prep, are you guys going to pursue south, or are you guys going to, are you guys going to go west? It doesn't break an illusion as a player for a DM to ask, okay, what are y'all doing next session, so that I can, mm-hmm. I can, I can put it together for you. Yeah, I'm just more worried, like, doing it mid-session, it's like crud. <laughs> Like you're supposed to go this way, and then in the middle of the session you decide to go the other way, and I have, I don't really have much. I can have you fighting wolves and all that, but you know, I don't want to end the session too early for them just so I could prep to have them have something. So that's the one thing I'm worried about when it comes to communicate. Like saying, yeah, I may railroad you guys, but there is a reason for it. I'm not trying to ruin your fun, but I want to be able to keep up with you guys so you have as much fun as possible. Because unless you're a veteran DM, you don't, you ain't gonna get much out of this. I find the most valuable tool as a DM is to meet the energy of your party. Mm. So if you have a party that wants to be goofy and silly and weird, then don't make the tone of the story really heavy and dense and foreboding. Like you're just going to get mad as a DM and Mm. they're just going to have fun making you crazy. So, you know, if they want if they want this like serious dramatic high fantasy thing like i'm here for it like let's do this really deep role play but if you want to be a chaos trash monster i'm also there for that Mm -hmm. so like that i think that will alleviate a lot of um expectations that a dm puts on themselves Mm -hmm. that you know create a structure but uh i always say let them do the heavy lifting so like throw a prompt out there and just let them run with it. And a lot of times if you let them do that, they're going to do nine-tenths of your work for you. So, one work smarter, not did, harder. Yeah, like one of the things that I did in my last session, actually, was I contacted a, another friend of mine who's part of our Thursday night game group. And I was running my once-a-month fifth-ed game. And I asked him, I said, 
would you be interested in playing the vampire that they're going to go meet? And he was like, absolutely. What is his ambitions? Like, what's he want to do? So I gave him some ideas, and he ran with it. So he shows up on that Saturday night, he sits down at one of the chairs, and everybody's like, who's this guy? I'm like, oh, this is my friend Chris. He's going to be playing a character at some point in time. He just wanted, he wants to sit in. Oh, okay. So once they got to, they got the invitation for the dinner for this, this uh, Lord Dusk, and they show up at his place, which is at a, a island off the coast of uh, uh, the Sword Coast. It's a smallish tower and they go in and Chris stands up and introduces himself as Lord Dusk and they're like oh crap and then like <laughs> yeah I'm not playing this NPC he is <laughs> <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> <"Amazing."> uh, <laughs> so they have no idea what he's got planned I have like little bits of information that I've given him and he's he has contacted like a whole other halfling town regarding one of the characters and he knows about this person and this person because he's been sending out emissaries and spies to spy on all of them mm. and so yeah it that was kind of I mean speaking of like plot twist or whatever that was kind of a fun thing to throw at my players was no I'm not running this NPC this guy is and he and I are collaborating and so that was that was kind of a nice little shock, you know, to them. And then, you know, oh, oh, we're so we're not we're not talking with the DM. We're we have to talk. I'm like, yeah, you if you want to talk to Lord Dusk, you talk to Chris. <laughs> so, so. so cool. Yeah. 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 And the campaign I run, uh, Lands of Oromar, or I basically prompted each of my players says like, OK, you guys are joining this thing called the Guild, which is a worldwide kind of community guild that you know hey we raise adventures we help you got help the world with their problems that type of thing why would you want to join the guild though and you know they would throw in like okay i want to do this i want to do that like my undead locks done on he doesn't know what's happening he has amnesia he wants to know what has happened to him what is he and so i used that and it was a shock for my players because they had to go like hey i'm trying to heal you why aren't you healing he's undead your wounds and your spells don't work on the undead oh no Mm-hmm. And it was fun when he went into his undead rage and knocked one of them back out, of, back up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, he asked the undead Lakshan still has to roll his death rolls while he's in this rage. Oh wow! Oh so, wow! Oh uh, yeah. So, I'll else be lost to the madness. So that part's <laughs> he's not here, so he doesn't know this yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, luckily, he'll he'll won't know for a long time, but we'll see. We keeping you up, David? No, I. No, it's it is six o'clock. This is this is totally fine. I I apologize. That was very rude. We're just boring. I just yeah. You you guys are really boring. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. 
Well, no, like for me, it's just like it's. Oh, sorry, six. Yeah. It's six thirty. Six thirty. Sorry. So okay, sorry. I'm going like like. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm also I'm in California. <laughs> I'm going like. Wait, what are you talking about? All my clocks are half an hour slow. Slightly uh, off. The okay. Clothes. He's in the yeah, part of Los little... Angeles that runs a half an hour <laughs> slower than everybody else. Yeah. Uh. All right. Oh um, no. used an ask my question next, and so uh, his question is. What is your favorite slash most dramatic slash memorable time that your players or player threw you a curveball? For example, the PC walks up to the PBEG and whips out a mic and starts starts a wrestling trash off, getting the bad guy talking and thus talked the BBEG down from doom and destruction. This I don't know if it's really them throwing a curveball in-game exactly it's just i had i run something in my game which i make items be able to cast spells you know mm. like you you enchant an item to cast a certain spell and i had a lamp that was casting sleep so the plan was that it would end up putting everyone to sleep but i have an undead and a half elf both of which aren't affected by the spell <laughs> so like oh crap i gotta come up with an encounter so it's like uh here and I, mm. that was the first time I nearly did a TPK on my party because I wanted to make an encounter that would be challenging, and I nearly killed them. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Big oops. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. I know, okay. but it's like, it was it was a bandit, bandit kid. Like, holy crap. Anyway. So, if you ever play at my table, one mm. of the unspoken rules is that if you can work something in that I love, I will let you get away with it. Like, I'm not going to make you roll for it. I'm going to let you get away with it. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a one shot and there was a bard. And um, the bard was based on Celine Dion. And uh, the, one of the characters, <laughs> like, they, they, they had planned this. And at one point, all the lights in the room were playing and go off. And someone's holding a phone shining down on the bard. And they're like... And the night when the wind was so cold, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I also love Celine Dion, and they did the whole bit, and I was like, like I, I, had, nothing I had nothing else, but that was yeah. amazing because I wasn't expecting it. I just thought they would like keep speaking in this terrible French Canadian accent and like. <laughs> You know, that was good too, but, but that was mm. amazing. Yeah. Cause you're my little. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, I think for, I mean, there's, there's so many, uh, just in stream games and one shots and, uh, not stream games. Cause I, I try to run a very improv heavy, uh, D and D session. So there's just, there's like a, a ton, but the two that stand out in the in the in the first the forefront of my mind, um, there was one time I, I I a lot of times in my prep I'll write like a little intro and like an outro where like we might get to or whatever, and I try to make it all epic and stuff because I like to write. But um, it I was like in the middle of like reading one of these like outros, and one of my players I think it was Christian again yeah it was Christian. Like, he literally was like, stop. I'm like, wait, he's like, I have something I want to do. And I'm like, okay, and he did it. And it, like, just totally changed, like, the end of, like, 
the net. It, it literally it. We were in the middle of an arc and it added like six episodes onto it, and it like made all this other wild shit happen. And people were like sent to prison, and people were like he had to bring people up from hell to fight in heaven, and like all this stuff. And he was just like, "I'm really sorry." I'm like, "No, no, no!" Like this is like this is what group storytelling is all about. Like I don't know. Like I can't plan all this. I can't plan anything. Like I just give little structure, little bits out here and there. And you guys fill it in. Like this is the way it needed to be. Let's fucking sorry, freaking roll with it. <laughs> and yeah, that's. I don't know. I think it's. I love I love those moments personally when like when like the player and the DM or GM are just like kind of jiving mm-hmm. off each other and just like making up stuff that did not exist before that exact moment. It's it's very very cool. Yeah, just imagining someone in with a bar with Celine Dion, someone actually playing, you know what? And they start singing Michael Bolton. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, but no, no, but yes. <laughs> but you're missing the point, though, is that they knew it was something that I liked, which is why it makes it so epic. Because like <laughs> the only Michael Bolton that will take me away is if someone does the Lonely Island song about Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yes. Now uh, back to the good part. <laughs> This is a song. I love that song. Get it, Luna. Get it. I got a job. I got a job. Sorry. You're good. You're good. I guess it's hard for me to know if it's like actually a curveball because uh, my the DMs that I play with usually have this approach of here's a problem, how do you solve it? So it's not linear. But what I did do was. Persephone used Dream to essentially give uh, our warlock therapy after uh, her PC girlfriend broke, not really broke up with her, but basically like, hey, you got this really important thing you want to do. I don't want anybody to like keep putting their lives on hold to do my personal quest, so I'm going to leave and find my parents. Uh, So the warlock was not having a really good time because it was just her and Persephone as the remaining original members of the party from when the oh, campaign wow. started. Uh, yeah, so she wasn't having a good time, so what I had decided to do was Persephone has used Dream as a way of getting to know people and, and she's kind of doing this with like a BBEG sort of thing right now that is petrified where uh she has him getting all of his hatred out in Dreamworld. So she did the same thing for the Warlock. And it was one of those moments at the end of our session where the GM just got to sit down and just got to watch the roleplay of the Warlock getting out all of her anger so that she could have a clear head going into her personal arc. That's tight. I saw your treats yeah, for kitties, David, and uh, I would like everybody to know that this time it is Daisy enjoying treats on my desk, but she hovers oh. way down low, so she's just out of sight of the camera right Aww. now. <laughs> I didn't. The, the Twitch literally was just like, "This is visible to you." Treats for kitties. I'm like, "What is this?" I just clicked <laughs> on it. So, yes, please. Like yes, I like. Oh, kitty. Hi, Hello, she's not big on like cuddling and all of that stuff. So, uh, yeah. So she was like, I am only here for treats and that's it. <laughs> Aren't we all? I mean, in the grand scheme yeah. of things. Yes. <laughs> so if you weren't here last week, I am buying a most assuredly haunted house. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I'm very excited about it, but 
I now feel that I am beholden to have like cats because like scary witchy houses need black cats, right? Um, a friend of mine today just introduced me to what a Highland Lynx is. Have you ever seen this? It's like a Maine Coon, except it looks like a lynx and it has like a bobtail and it's just this monstrous cat. And I'm like, wouldn't that be amazing if I was like, like my my life dream is becoming the village witch and I'm real close right now. So. <laughs> oh man, how cool would that best, be to have like. Best house on Halloween, kids stay out of my yard because they think I might eat them. Yes. Oh, I'm trying to find like what the cat. There's a cat that, uh, it was like a savant or something. It's a wild cat, but its ability to just turn almost 180. Oh degrees yeah, body, yeah, yep. It's oh. like, or it's like, I can't remember what it's called. It sounds like savant or something. Savannah. Like it. Okay, yeah, it but it's somewhere looks like in a, Africa. a mini, a mini tiger sort of, or a mini leopard sort of thing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's like you think it was a normal cat, but like no, it's a wild like. And, and they're they're, so stretchy they're, and they're fairly tall. <laughs> like the yeah. size of me of like dogs, big dogs. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. they're they're got us on this tangent, but I'm not because no, no, no. <laughs> there was there was kitties. There was kitties involved. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, so back to the back to the question at hand. Now back to the good part. <laughs> back to basics. <laughs> Uh, uh, what do you got, Luna? Uh, nope, I didn't know if anybody else had an answer about oh. uh, curveballs that uh, were thrown by players for DMs. Oh. I was just going to talk about Ray being the, the town witch again, but... <laughs> yes, I mean, that, that would not be a very big curveball, David. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's a straight shot bullseye right there. Right down the middle, yeah. baby. Got it. Yeah, and I can't talk about any other curveballs because they have yet to happen. We're still learning the campaign. <laughs> maybe tonight. Maybe maybe you'll get one tonight. So what yeah, were you gonna I, say, David? Oh, I just I just love the idea of there being a story about you like in the future, sort of like uh like Sandlot style where like you have this like witch house and like a group was, of people are, like playing I need a Hercules. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just but need like I a big dog. To be this monstrous cat, like mm -hmm. this giant cat that eats children. <laughs> <laughs> but the part but, the, the the trick is you're act you're actually terrified. Like, Hercules in your story actually does eat children. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I am going I my my village witch flavor is very Baba Yaga. Like <laughs> So John Wick. I I really I really like I, my my mantra is do no harm but take no shit and I really want that to be what radiates <laughs> is like you know I love that holy moly <laughs> yep right, these cats yep. are, cats are cool. yeah we're we're sharing right pictures here. of cats and houses in the uh, in the yeah. group yes. chat wow so yeah, I just I just posted one of the Savannah so everybody could see it. I think Ray, that would probably suit your needs too. So I yeah. I would agree. Um, I also love that Maine Coons kind of look like Ron Perlman. Yeah, so that's fair. <laughs> yes. that's, that's also uh, up for consideration. Yeah, yeah, just like I could just hear 
I can just imagine Ray, Ray whispering and says, Poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only, like, not the sea, it's the house witch. The house witch, yeah. 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 Yeah, make make a, it happen, uh, Ray. Make it happen. That's a pretty awesome um, house. Thank you. Yeah, I that's a beautiful house in, oh. in our chat. There's lots of rooms, and it's an Amtrak stop. So if anyone wants to come visit, I've already cleaned the room, and I'm going to decorate it so everyone knows that it's mine. And you know what, <laughs> Luna? You go right ahead. There's plenty of them. Go right ahead. Well, congratulations. It, that's yeah, super well, exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it is uh, my current home is. 750 square feet and this one is 3,400 so I've never lived in a house this big and I have a dog that's half Malinois and half Bull Terrier and I'm just gonna let him because there's it's an old house so there's servant steps so he's gonna just make a circuit through the house and like I kind of want to put a Fitbit on him and see how far he goes. (laughs) Do it! You know what? You should also get one of those, like, cameras that you can put on the collar. Oh, yeah. And, like... Well, we're we're already joking that, like, Theodore will befriend the house ghosts and be like, Hello, floating lady, please pet me! (laughs) You see him over there getting, like, pet by something. What is that? Yeah. All of a then, sudden, he's, like, in this weird position and his foot starts going. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's just uh, that's just the friendly house ghost Pearl. That's just yeah, Pearl. it's just Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, better than having the ghost of Amelia Bedelia. Uh, I mean, that's oh. fair. Yeah. 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 Could you imagine absolutely. the entire like campaign, the BBEG, just trying to stop Amelia Bedelia from screwing up the entire town with her literalisms? I mean, I would play that. I would play that, that game. Sound fun. I used to I love Amelia Bedelia. I would love to be the, uh, uh, like, warlock of Amelia Bedelia. Yeah, it's just it's like, oh, it's being Captain Docks. Oh, the animals! Just <laughs> Captain Docks literally everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Better than saying baby shower. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Trigger, because brothers. I already don't like showers, and I'm offended by the fact that I was born with ovaries and or identify as female, that I have to be held captive for a Sunday afternoon and watch people open presents as adults. I don't like it. <laughs> That's my stance that- on showers. <laughs> okay, so you yeah. now you know don't invite Ray to any of your showers. No, invite me. Don't expect me to come because I <laughs> buy good gifts. I will Amazon you a present, but don't expect me to show up. That's fair. Uh, what about a birthday party, though? Is it mine? <laughs> Yours or yeah. like whoever's? A party yeah, is different than a pow. A party is different than a shower. That's true. See, Mel agrees. It is totally different. If you've never been to a wedding shower or a baby shower, you don't understand. And men There's can't be like, shower? "Oh yeah, yeah." Bridal shower. Truck says already modified oh, the one that. shot. It's a baby shower, and then the party has to fight a sentient hot dog. <laughs> Yes, Bertrand. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm gonna, I'm gonna add in, I'm gonna add in that the minions that for the uh, the hot dog has to be Vienna sausages. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a can of whoop ass. Giant hot it dog. Literal. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh man! Uh, Grease! Oh no! <laughs> oh. It says it's grease lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Condiments would make goodies too. Yeah, Lord Richter. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh I just wanted goodness. to say that for Ray, though, she posted a photo of that stairwell with the chandelier. Right? Mm-hmm. So cool. Wow. 
That's uh, awesome. I, I mean, I already have, I've got ideas for that just for a game. It's like... <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, Everybody's yeah. gonna be like, Ray, send us pictures of your house. I need an idea for a building in my game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so... Send us um, a floor plan. We'll make a map. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, there, it is the first house I've, like, been in that still has a private, like, there's a master suite, so there's a private bath, a boudoir, and then the bedroom. Wow. Is that, wow. Is that like an old Victorian? Because that's kind of what it reminds me of. It was built in 1903. Okay. Yeah. It's technically Beautiful. an American four square, um, but like it has a it has a turret on one of the sides. Is it is a beautiful house. I have to get pictures in the daytime, but there's like thirty five stained glass windows in it. Holy it's oh, wow. Oh, it's beautiful. It's gonna be haunted as shit. But you know what? I'm okay <laughs> with that. And and my I, I embarrassed my partner so badly because we're walking through this place with this with a lady whose name is Peggy, who is a real estate agent who looks exactly the way that you're picturing her right now. <laughs> and I'm picturing Peggy Hill from King of the Hill. <laughs> um, kind of like that. And she's got a West Virginia accent, so she talks mm -hmm. like this. Uh, okay. So uh, we're walking yeah. through this house, and I'm like, oh. Oh, spirits, I love your house. And, and my partner's like, shut up. She's going to think, crazy, we're not going to be allowed back in here. Shut up. And like, <laughs> then she ended up being like, oh, we lived in a haunted house. And I was like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I love the fact that we're now like just based around Ray's house. And Ray could literally use the hot dogs, the banana sausage. Like, literally, we're just giving ingredients for an entire campaign here. Yeah. And either, yeah. either Ray's going to be yeah. a part of it or she's going to be running it. <laughs> so yes if you need any inspiration uh everything that we have said tonight is available for use uh mm -hmm. you just have to join yeah. the tales from the tavern patreon no i'm kidding um <laughs> good point <laughs> <she's not. laughs> but i'm not but do i it. am join. but not really um you should just do it anyway uh yeah mm. so Anyway, we have about reached the end of our evening. Uh, so, yeah, I know we need to start doing wrap-ups and we need to do a giveaway uh, and all of that good stuff. Away. So, so uh, why don't uh, last minute any entries for the Secrets of the Vibrant Isle. There it is. Ah, there we go. Now you can see it a little better. Um, solo TTRPG uh, giveaway, you will get a copy of the soft cover book. So uh, feel free to enter that exclamation point enter. And while we get in any last minute entries on that, let's go around again and have everyone remind us of who they are and where we can find them on social media. And David, we're going to start with you this time. All right. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This has been a blast and a half. Um, my name is David Tilstra. You can find me at David Tilstra on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Uh, but you can find my work. That sounds weird to say it that way. <laughs> you can find the podcast that I help out making, uh, Quest for Atlantis, at From Afar Podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Um, and yeah, just thank you so much, Luna, and thank you so much, everyone else. This has been eye-opening about hot dogs 
um, and yeah. just just a good time. <laughs> so thank you so much. No, thank you. And uh, yeah. it's always a pleasure to have you and uh, to get to hang out. And I'm glad it worked out that we could we could spend some time together before I the holidays. All right, uh, Ink. Uh, yes. <laughs> thank, thank you all for coming tonight. I am Mr. Inktail. You can find me here on Twitch at the Ink Den or on Twitter at Mr. Inktail. I do have a YouTube channel, but that's mostly just where I put my own streams. It's also called the Ink Den, and you can you can find me there. And I am so happy to have actually gotten to join something like this because though it's my first time, I am absolutely amazed at how. Much relaxed it is. It's better than being in one of those very formal kind of oh yes kind of conversations where you have to know your crap. <laughs> it's like um, it's like um about that. You don't know that. Oh, such idiots. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for coming on tonight. It was great to have you on, and yeah. um, you know, get to I know you a little too. bit. So <laughs> again, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Thank you for coming to hang out. Tom! Yeah, I am Tom, a.k.a. Midwest Manager Guy, or vice versa, whatever you'd like to find me. You can <laughs> find me on uh, just about every social media out there. Um, I paint miniatures for gamers and collectors, and uh, I think uh, starting over the Christmas break, I'm going to put together the Millennium Falcon and paint it on stream starting in January. So if you want to watch me go insane uh, painting the Falcon, you can do that. Um, I'm going to be, I don't know, if I'm hoping this is cool with Luna, but I'm going to be on right after Luna uh, painting minis on my Twitch stream as well. So if you want to hop over from there over to mine, I would greatly appreciate it. I always love having more people stop in and ask questions about mini painting because I love to teach I love to teach it. It's it's a just relaxing for me, and um, we'll have if questions. you're also interested in having any commissions done, uh, I am taking commissions for mini painting as well. Um, find me on Facebook, Twitter, or you can email me at midwestminiatureguy at gmail dot com. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming mm -hmm. on and hanging out. Yes, the uh, the Millennium Falcon was the what we got the preview of before the stream so we were all like yep. oh my gosh we need to see this happen mm -hmm. it looks like it's going to be big too it's going to be like this it should be yeah, should be fun <laughs> uh all right um so let's go to mel hi i'm mel you can find me on my handle jelly Melly draws here on twitch twitter instagram and even on coffee i am an illustrator i do take commissions they are currently closed and coming in 2022 i will start making blog posts on coffee relating to my experiences as a self-taught artist adhd artist ttrbg just just things that I would make a ton of Twitter threads about if the algorithm wouldn't suppress them <laughs> and have them all in a nice, space. Oh, man. Ah, uh, silly Twitter algorithm, whatever. Twitter's the worst. Uh, yeah, and yet we're all on it all the time. Yet we can't <laughs> not. Yeah. I've, I've posted like 16 times just during this show. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, like, you owe us your soul. Yeah, something like that. 
Oh no! <laughs> oh, you are right. all tied to the algorithm. Well, Mel, thanks for coming on and hanging out tonight. It was nice that uh, it was nice that it worked out scheduling wise because usually you're playing D and D tonight. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I that you got to come on and hang out. <laughs> Ray Mayhem. That's me. It is you, Ray Mayhem. our savior, <laughs> our savior for the night. Patron saint of fuckery uh, and shenanigans. Um, I am, I am Ray Mayhem everywhere. If you are not currently listening to Telluride, it's an Orbital Blues roleplay podcast. You should. Orbital Blues is a really fun indie game that, as I said before, uh, is taglined a space western for sad cowboys. <laughs> so that's it's very exciting. I play the ship's captain, uh, Anne Bonnie, and she is just great um i am also i paint minis but not as good as as your boy so probably to get commissions from him not me uh <laughs> resident uh resident uh village witch and i am actually starting a because we're going to be restoring the home that we're moving into and doing historical preservation work on it uh, so <laughs> I'm starting a blog that's called It Might Be Haunted. Nice. And <laughs> uh, watch for that link to go live. And if you want to come stay in my probably uh, haunted house and or like DIY project, hit me up because I'll put your work. And I'm a really good cook. I'll feed you too. Sweet. Mm. I love oh, it. I'd lo oh, I'd the, love the Ray Mayhem bed and breakfast. I know. Oh, yeah. Oh. The, the bed oh, and breakfast yes. is called It Definitely Might Be Haunted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> might Be oh, Haunted yes. Hotel. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Excellent. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, we need to draw a giveaway winner. So, last call, exclamation point, enter. Let's go, folks. Let's go. Um, let's see. Good luck to everyone. Mm -hmm. Give it just another. Give it another second, just in case. I gave myself an earworm and now I'm really upset about it because all I can think about is that Celine Dion song. <laughs> Which one? Uh, it's oh. all coming back to me. Mm. Okay, that one. Baby, baby. <laughs> Alright. Like <laughs> yeah, there you go. Alright, I'm closing the entries and the winner is dun 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 Ray freaking Mayhem. <laughs> no way. Get it. Get it. Truly a wit. Truly. You cast a spell on it. One time ever. What magic that... have you cast it, Ray? What have you done? Ray. Ray. Oh. Ray, I will get this in the mail to you this week. <laughs> Thank you. Oh yeah, congratulations. And if she can't do that, she'll bring it in April. It's true. Yeah, you, can it, you can bring it with you in April. Right? Yeah. When we do oh, the 100th episode of Tales from the Tavern from your dining room. Live, live, from, oh, my, yes. live from your dining room. In your definitely live not haunted York. dining room. Uh, I just I, want to sit uh, on those steps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, but not the back steps those are murder steps yeah. someone oh, definitely yeah. broke their neck falling down those steps <laughs> oh, oh, no. yeah. and if you bring actually if you bring drinks you can have a podcast called Spirits and 
Spirits and spirits. Spirits and spirits. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Um, in the meantime, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go say hello to Todd Bootbounce because Todd oh, yeah. is currently streaming uh, a Star Wars game right now, and I am excited because I'm gonna be playing a one shot on Todd's channel on January 4th. I'm super excited. It's totally out of the realm of normal for me it is a horror sci-fi so yeah i'm That's really nice. really excited i think i'm gonna play a marine which is even better <laughs> so yeah we're playing uh we're playing um mothership so it will be it will be fun uh, so I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been Tales from the Tavern. We are taking next week off to celebrate Christmas. So we will not be here again until 2022. So look for us again. A uh, the, whole year? Uh, we'll be here in a whole year. So I will see you all next year. See you next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just imagine this was 20, 29.99. Good God, the amount of dad jokes you could produce. Right, I know. See you next year. See you later. See you next millennia. See you next century. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so, um, yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. If you celebrate that, Happy New Year. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Uh, I feel like I should do, like, end of the year um, uh, credits. So, yeah, we'll do all that stuff. Um, thank you to Kai Ellen, who provides all of the music for this stream. He does all of the intro music and the music that you hear in the background. Thank you to all of uh, my tavern patrons who support me via Patreon and uh, make it possible for me to get things like updated emotes and um, new artwork for the channel and uh, all that good stuff. If you are not a Patreon supporter and you would like to be, um, you can look up, uh, I believe it's LLR Tales from the Tavern on Patreon and, uh, and you can find us all there. So we will see you all in January and uh, have a great, great rest of your December. Stay safe and healthy and we will see you all in the new year. Have a great Bye. everybody. Happy holidays. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tales from the Tavern. You can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv forward slash GamerMomLuna. All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at GamerMomLuna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much.